just be quiet for a minute, and here's your greeting. <laughs> yes, here's how we're going to start today. This is episode 71. That's great. 71. This is No Laugh Track, Acme's podcast. I'm the host, sitting over here. Got it. Justin Severson. I have a guest here, but before I introduce him, even though you just heard his voice... I need to say thank you to Circle of Heat, the band, that uh, that music we just heard, Jake, that wonderful music we just heard. I didn't hear it. That was by Circle of Heat. I can't wait to get their CD. Mm -hmm. And they let us play that every week, so we really appreciate that. Circle of Heat. Circle of Heat. Local comedian is in that band. Maybe you'll work with them someday. What is the name of that person? Trevor Anderson. Trevor Anderson. Mm -hmm. Keep an eye out. Funny guy. I will. All right. I will. So Trevor Anderson, when Jake Johansson, my special guest, says hi... There's a, that's his icebreaker. Don't be freaked out. In case Circle he's nervous. Circle, I'm going to just walk up to him and go, hey, Circle of Heat, I want to be part of that. Right, right. Let's get Circle it hot. Heat. Let's get hot. Uh-huh. That's right. So welcome, Jake. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be on a podcast. <laughs> You've done one before? I have my own podcast. I'm only on episode, I think, 67 or 8 or something is coming out this week for me. So Yeah, and you do one a week? I do one a week. How many a week do you do? One a week. One a week. Yeah, just me yeah. and usually the headliner from the club here. Oh, that's me. Mm-hmm. I'm the headliner. It's too late to publicize the shows, though, right? This no, no, no. After I'm gone. When's nope. it come out? In a few hours from now. Oh, you just... Circle of heat. You just put them right out. <laughs> this thing, it's fresh and hot. Yeah. So it's going to be out today, which is Thursday. Yes, there's a 1% chance someone will come to you today and have already heard the show. If you are listening to this right now and you're coming Thursday, the day it came out, and you do not ask for a circle of heat hug, <laughs> I'm calling bullshit on you personally, right. and only you know who you are. <laughs> Should be ashamed of yourself in advance. Yeah. Um, so welcome back to Minneapolis. You've been here many times. I have. This super nice weather. I rented one of the, you know, ride the bike, $6 bike. You did? Yeah. That's becoming very popular with have the you done uh, it? acts here. No, I haven't. Are you kidding me? Yeah, of course it is. Because how long, uh, listen, I've been going on the road since before there were cell phones, right? Right. So really kind of in the early even days of answering machines. I mean, I had when I first got an answering machine, my parents thought I was an asshole. Like, who? You don't need an answering machine. And I was like, <laughs> who do you yeah, think well, you I are, do buddy? Because some somebody might call me to book me, and if I'm not at home to answer that call, then they'll book whoever is at home answering a call. Right, and right, so right. I need an answering machine. <laughs> but in those days, when you'd go on the road, you know, you had to tell people to call. You had to call and tell them the number of your hotel. And then what room you were in, and mm-hmm. then they would call, and then you had to depend on the person at the front desk to put the call through to you, that they would understand what the person pronouncing your name and hook it up to the room. <laughs> so, And then you don't have a car. So forget about getting in touch with people. You're also just on foot everywhere, because you don't want to rent a car, because that costs, you know, that's a decent outlay of cash, and you're trying to take as much home to your, well, I didn't have a wife and kid at that time, but I was trying to save for the future, because I believe my father, when he said, <laughs> you need to start saving for your retirement in your 30s, and he was probably right, but I did that, no one else did, and so they're going to tax the crap out of my savings eventually down the road, I'm not going to be able to actually spend that money that I saved by not renting a car back in those days, but anyway, old habits die hard. <laughs> I still don't rent a car when I come on the road because then you got to spend to park it and it's expensive. But now they have these bikes, so you can just get a bike right outside. It's six dollars for the whole day as long as you don't ride for half an hour. I don't want to. It's a little. It's not complicated. But I just rented my first one in Chicago a couple days ago, and now I did. That's not how you got here. 
No, no, no. It's yeah. You you have to keep finding a dock. It's a long ride because you have to park and then you get another bike. And no, I didn't ride from Chicago, but uh, they're great. Are they more Zip expensive in Chicago? They are. I bet they are. Here they're six dollars for twenty four hours. You know what they are in Chicago? You want to take a shot at it? I'll say fifteen. Seven dollars. Ah. <laughs> That's more expensive. I think in New York City, they're 10. It's 10 for a day. But they only get taken out once and never returned. No. Well, let's face it. They're sort of, they're great bikes, but they're not, they're very durable and they're heavy. Rather clunky. Yeah. It's for a person who's in town and wants to like the, like a place, like if I want to go to someplace for lunch that I like and it's a mile and a half walk, that's a, you know, you've got to, you're committing to a pretty good chunk of your afternoon to walk over there eat and walk back but now you get on the bike mm-hmm. you're back home hell yeah hey when you brought up answering machines it was i was picturing remember the early ones it was a it was an actual cassette tape did you have one with the cassette yes. tape yes where you had to rewind it and then you would try and save it had this thing where you push play and it would rewind all the way to the beginning and then you could rig it to save some of them you could save i mean I'll look i if we're let's just get right let's get pathetic it's early, mm-hmm. but I think it's time. Yeah. I would get messages from women, you know, you as you do, you, you're dating. Sure. You're a person who's dating. I was a person who was dating. And being in show business, I had, I would sometimes date some really attractive women that then I would want that to keep going mm-hmm. for a while. And so I would save the message, the sweet messages that they left me and play them back even after they decided that we weren't going to be seeing each other anymore. Oh, no. And so that is super pathetic. If you're doing that at home, by the way, if you're saving some voicemail from some girl that you're in love with, but she she's told you, I'm sorry, it's not going to work out, do yourself a favor and delete those right now because yes. they only hurt. You come home drunk, you listen to those, you think back about it. Oh, my God. It's the worst. And you can't help yourself. I know. I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking to you. You know who I'm talking to, and it's you. you got to delete those right now in a moment of strength. Delete go, them. Hit pause. Go go ahead. Delete those. Come back. Hit play. Yeah. Or wait till tonight. The next time you're drunk, go, I am better than this. Mm-hmm. And go in there and delete them. I did have a guy once come up to me and my buddy and asked us for some advice. This ties into that. And uh, he... Just a stranger? Well, he was a... Uh, I shouldn't narrow it down too much. You'll figure out I'm talking about him. Uh, not someone I know that well at mm-hmm. all. Neither of us really know that well. Came up to us and uh, was looking for some advice on... He had an ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. that was now dating his friend... And mm-hmm. he knows that because he drives by her house and uh, can see her still in her house now with his friend visiting for long periods of time. And he was wondering if that was a good idea to keep driving by. Mm. Now, I'm just going to make a call. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my opinion. <laughs> it's not a good idea. No! Who thinks that's a good idea? No! The person who's doing it is the only person who thinks that's yes! a good idea. Hey, you know what? Here's what I wondered. I'm doing this thing that only hurts me. Yeah. Should I keep doing it? No, you shouldn't. You should stop doing that. I wonder even, in fact, if the uh, police caught on to that and never stopped him. I don't know how whatever happened. I haven't got an update. But oh. uh, I think their first question would be, do you think this is a good idea? Yeah, I feel like then that that's starting to get into a little muscly, you know, like, hey, I'm going to force you to stop doing this. The police, when they do that, you can't take it as if, like, hey, it's a free country. I can do whatever I no. want. Because you can. If you want to drive by her house, if you're not bothering her, if you're just driving by to see her with her new boyfriend because your friend, that, because that feels so good to you, then by, keep it up. 
But, uh, you know, if you really broke it down and backed out of it, and if you saw someone else who was your friend, who was not you, who was doing that behavior that you're doing, what advice would you give them? Yes. Cut it out. It's not easy to cut it out, but you have to kind of hypnotize yourself. Pretend you don't know where she lives anymore. Yeah. Or just move out, move out of state. Find a new girl. Have sex with a new person. Mm-hmm. That's usually the best advice when you're in that brokenhearted situation. That well, will make not, you forget. Maybe not, maybe not the best advice right away. Mm. You need to be sad for a little while. You can be temporarily unsad, and that's good, too. Yeah. What's the longest you think you should be sad after you have a bad breakup where you get your heart broken? I just read some... Uh, somebody just did a survey about that in the statistics of the uh, the average a- the answer. The average answer for that was... Mm-hmm. What was it? Because I... Uh, depends what you're looking for next. I don't think you need to be sad for too long if you're just looking to... Uh... Well, this is my thing. Everybody acts like women are so sensitive, and I feel like they get their heart broken, and it's, you know, maybe maybe a couple of weeks or a month or maybe a few months. It's never a year. Yeah. But I know dudes that get their heart broken, and they just never come back. It can be the rest of their lives... Maybe not the rest, but, but 10, 10 years or more that they're pining away for that other person. And then finally, they marry somebody new, but they still kind of wish that it had been the one that hurt them. Oh, don't. That's, that's not good. That's I not think, healthy. I think the answer that I read it was like six months is how long people uh, you know, mm-hmm. said the, the average, how long mm-hmm. they would wait. To get back out there and try to have some six fun. Six months of no sex? I feel like I would wait a while and then get back out there and then cause some you can you can make a mess not not anymore now 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 young people are just having sex they're just hooking up they don't really even care it's not like this precious thing not like it used to be to <laughs> yeah just the precious thing i you know what that's right and it doesn't when i hear stories about you know kids these days teens 20s uh it does seem like the definition like going back to the bill clinton like the definition has changed on of yeah of 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 the sex thing well it's just not as big of a deal to some people but then it can be a big deal you're a, there's no question that i feel like human beings are still wired the same i mean they didn't change the way your brain and your genitals hook together <laughs> and so the problem is if you start sleeping with somebody on a regular basis you're going to start to have feelings for them and then that can be confusing if your original assessment of them is just like i'm just this is just a sex thing then all at once you start having feelings for them because that's how your brain is designed Mm -hmm. to work then you marry them and then now you're now you're in a long-term relationship with someone who you thought was just for sex that's going to cause problems down the road so you need to think I think you kind of have to. There were some good things about the old school way of getting to know someone first, because once sex is involved, you just can't think right. Mm -hmm. Whether and I'm that's I think that's as much or more for men as it is for women. Once once dudes, once some lady is you're you're giving it up and you're having sex with her, you start to feel really attached to her because she's a source of something that you are super fond of <laughs> super fond of <laughs> which is orgasms you know that that's a person you're really grateful to a person who's doing that for i've you. said thank you right after yeah it's a little creepy but uh, it's better probably to think it than to say it I've you know maybe it. yeah no it's good it's good if you if you're with the right person it can be a little th- thank you can be a thing like okay we'll leave the money on the dresser and get out right right yeah. right i've never had that there's no never no money has never uh, changed hands and uh, i'm thinking back i don't remember ever hearing a you're welcome so i guess it is creepy 
No. Well, I mean, hope we, a lot of times you want it to be a high five situation. High five. Thank you. No, thank you. That's how you really want that's it right. to That's right. Two thank up. yous. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. It's like women sometimes can take this attitude. Well, I had sex with you. It's like, well, I had sex with you too. I mean, look, I feel like we both had a pretty good time mm-hmm. and I'm not keeping score, but that multiple orgasm thing is we're not capable of that. So they're really mm-hmm. running up the score on us. You know, so every every once in a while, when you throw a shutout and it's just you, you can say, well, look, I think in the big picture, you're still winning. Back up to even, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad we had this talk. Yeah. I feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to ask you, you were part of the 20th anniversary show here a couple of years ago. Of, yes, Acme. Acme. It was yes. great. What a fun, what a fun night. I, what bummed me out about it was that I wanted to come to the party, but then I had a private show on Saturday, so I did the the anniversary Friday night show, and I got to hang out with the comics who were here, and I wish I could have stayed and hung out Saturday and then gone to the party Sunday, but I had to go do this private show. So that was my biggest regret, but what a great energy in here. This is one of the best rooms in the country. I feel like everybody knows that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's, there's not just one good room in the country, but when you get into this place and, and see a show you've got to know that you're seeing something special, which is maybe it's hard for people to understand that because it doesn't, it doesn't really look like, oh, this is the, this is the place. But believe me, yeah. there's something going on in here. Oh, def- definitely. What, do you remember the first time, Acme? That I performed here? Yeah. I, um, I mean, except for the fact that this room is pretty, I mean, it's made out of giant wood posts and brick walls. It's, it's not, it's, uh, yeah, I remember it because it was exactly like this. Right. We're sitting in here. Yeah. It looked like this. There I were different chairs, like that. probably. That's but about got, it. But I don't remember what year that would have been, even. No? No. Well, you come back for the 40th anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I think I can commit to that. Okay. I good. mean, it kind of depends a little bit. Yes, I'll be able to make it for one night, I'm pretty sure. Because it will be in uh, 20, let's see. What year? Th- 32, I think. 2032. Yeah, you'll be around, right? Okay, where, what year is it now? 13. Wait, wait. What year? What anniversary did I... 20. Just, I just came to 20. Mm-hmm. So you're asking me about 30. Did you ask me about 30 or no, 40? No, 20. Yeah, no, uh, so another 20 from now, 40 total. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. I'd like to. I, can, I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. My goal is to be here. If I'm alive, I'll still be... I'll be... Oh, yes, I'll be here. I was uh, looking at your website. I saw you just worked with one of my favorite guys, Larry Miller. Yes, I did. Tell me. I want to know something about it. Tell me about it. <laughs> Tell me about Larry Miller. You know Larry Miller. I mean, he's been around since longer, longer than me. I mean, I have memories of working with Larry when I was first starting in Sacramento. And, uh, you know, he's just iconic. He's yeah. so funny, and he has these classic bits. This last gig that I did... Um, he he kind of did a i don't know what we, it was it was a little bit of a greatest hits night of his stand up which was so i just oh it's awesome the show. yeah, yeah I, it was great he did the five stages of drinking yeah, yeah. and a couple of other things it was just uh, just great let's uh let's talk about your podcast i listened to your most recent episode uh-huh yes i talked to greg Barrett on the phone yes. in that episode mm-hmm. i know how to record things on the phone on yeah. my laptop and skype yes skype it up yeah, it's this podcast thing. It's great. I, I'm loving doing the podcast because it's like you have your own show, mm-hmm. and it's, we're on a show. Yes, I mean, if people saw what's going on right now, if they saw like, okay, this is how you make the show, they would 
they would maybe feel like, oh, that's it's. I pictured them in a fancy studio yeah. or on top of a tall building, <laughs> admiring a giant panoramic view mm-hmm. of Minneapolis. Instead, Normally, it we're is on like stage that. at the comedy club here, so mm-hmm. just uh, we're sitting on the same chairs people sit in when they buy a ticket. But but I'm standing right where I would stand while I was doing the show. So there is a kind of a coolness to yeah, this. Yeah, we're podcast. using the same mics as well. I do mic podcasts from my office in my house yeah. most of the time, but I'll go over to somebody else's house and um, I talk about uh, whatever's going on with me. Or else sometimes I'll have guests on, and then my friend Nigel Lawrence, who's also a comic, uh, he and I did quite a few episodes together. Together, but he used to live about four blocks from me, and now he's moved back to Canada. Okay, and that causes that's what's caused the Skype. That's my learning curve. I conquered the recording calls on Skype now. But it's still even hard because, you know, I have to be at home. The internet doesn't work so good in the hotel for that. No. You can't really Skype. You can't really. You can watch stuff on Netflix in your hotel room, but it can get a little. A little choppy. Blinky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're, when are you, so if you're on the road, let's say five days during the week, when are you recording it? You getting them all in on Mondays, or what do you do? How are you getting this well, done? Well, I try and do. Well, I'm not on the road every week, but last. So last last week's episode, I left town on Saturday. So I talked to Greg on the phone on Friday, and I did a Skype with Nigel the day before. So it kind of worked out weird time wise because I recorded part of the podcast before I realized that. Greg oh right, was right. Not actually coming right. over anyway, but that's that's part of the podcast is you get to you get to see how they make the sausage. Um, <laughs> And then, so I so I recorded those those conversations before I m- went to Chicago, and then I was in a hotel on Monday, and I recorded the opening and put it, put it all to edited it all together, and then posted it on Monday night because it comes out on Tuesday. So every once in a while, I got to do it like that. I went to New Zealand and I did some episodes where I pre-recorded them and edited them, and then you can put them up there and have them publish in the future oh sure so you can post it today but say don't don't have it go live where people can listen to it for a week oh okay you're the second uh this is the second week in a row like last week dana gould was here mm-hmm. and of course you know he does a show as well you I guys do dana. some serious uh ooh, editing on these shows like there's uh he does quite a bit more editing than i do but you think I do, so I, but i do a little bit of editing yeah yeah i like that and you're doing it yourself? I yeah, I don't think he's doing his own editing. I'm just I'm not trying to call him out, but Uh-oh. I'm pretty sure that Dana's got a helper, and I'm jealous of him for that because it would be nice to have a helper. But then also, one of my problems is I'm a little bit of a control. I like to I like to do it, and I, and I and I can get frustrating sometimes. Frustrated sometimes if I have to explain it to someone else, and then they have to redo it. Then I feel guilty about that. So ah. <laughs> I just learned how. That's a Midwestern thing. I was probably. just gonna say that. Um, yeah. So I uh, so I. And and also, I like to be able to do it myself because then I understand how it works. And the other thing you can get in is, oh yeah, I'll help you do your podcast. You just pay me a hundred dollars an episode, and you think, well, that sounds kind of high, but I don't know how to do it, so maybe I'll pay. And then now that I know how it works, it's like there's no way I'm paying you that. Right, right. But then Greg Fitzsimmons was telling me, oh, you can pay somebody just twenty bucks an episode, and I feel like, well, now you're you're sort of ripping that guy off. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't really say for sure how much time exactly I spend editing together. But between doing the opening voiceover thing, putting the music in, cutting the conversations a little bit, you know, you sort of have to listen to most of them again. So, you know, it's a couple hours. It's just a few hours work. It's dedication. 
It's uh, anal retentive uh, behavior. That's you have a mental. <laughs> what's that? So you have a mental issue, but maybe that's. I do. I've got a lot of problems, <laughs> but that's what's led me here to this point. Damn right. Of being a successful comedian, <laughs> uh-huh. who's talking on stage during the day, yeah, for a thing on the internet. Uh-huh. I couldn't resist. He's, I have a podcast. You have a podcast. Will you do my podcast? Yes, I will. Yeah. I will do your podcast. Hell yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> I heard you. Uh, I heard you mentioned, uh, or I actually saw it on your website as well. You're doing a fundraiser for your kid's school. Is that something yes. that's common in celebs? Like, hey, did, I mean, does the well? I, how did that? How does that happen? I picture like people at the school, like, hey, you know, we've got some famous parents here that we could bring in and make take advantage well, they of. Sort of don't really do that, but they sort of. There's well, here's the problem. Okay, I'm going to back up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to answer all these questions, but I'm going to start off. I'm I'm going to mention Greg Fitzsimmons again because I'm friends with him, and he lives in my neighborhood, and he put on some benefits for his school that he recruited me for. Oh, okay. So then I knew this is a thing that you can do. And and so when my daughter started the school that she's in now, they have their other fundraisers, and they're they're always, when you look at the math of, like, they do some things that are just ridiculous to raise – Funds like they'll have people donate. They'll say, "Hey, go to a store, get them to donate uh, a fifty dollars gift certificate, and then we'll have a silent auction, auction where we'll yeah. sell it for forty dollars." And it's just like, well, that's really the store just giving you fifty dollars. That's you, a you good know, point. You, you could have you could have just asked them to give you the thing, and we would have gotten fifty dollars instead of forty dollars. Yeah, that's a good point. And so. When I kind of worked out the math, but then you got to keep your mouth shut in a situation like that, or you're going to be in charge of the fundraiser. Ah. <laughs> and so that's what happened: is I had said we could do a comedy night, and when my daughter was in kindergarten, no one really listened and they to me, and they didn't really think that I was famous. And then once you've been in there a while, and a few people see, see you on, excuse me, on Letterman, um, then they realize, oh, this guy, this guy really is. Uh, a successful comedian because they think I'm just the guy wearing the weird toe shoes dropping <laughs> my daughter off at school. Right. And then uh, then they say we should do a comedy show and then you've got to calm them down because they're like, we're going to rent this giant 1,500-seat theater and we're going to sell it out. And I said, look, it's not as easy to sell. If I could do that, I would already be doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, You guys wouldn't be that. part of it. <laughs> so we just put together a little small show. Greg Fitzsimmons backed out. Because he had to go to New York because he's producing his, a t- another TV. He had a good excuse. I accepted his note All right. from his parent. Um, <laughs> but Derek Hughes from here is going to be in the I comedy know Derek, show. Yeah. And uh, Lori Kilmartin is going to be in the comedy show. Awesome. And also Greg Barrett. I tapped him and he agreed to be in the show. So And, and Owen Smith, uh, another great comic. And so I just got these friends to do it. We're each going to do 20 minutes. It's in a little theater in Santa Monica. It's, I think it's only about 150 seats, and it's going to be a really fun night. And we're charging 40 bucks a ticket, so uh, which is a little high for that comedy show if you're going to see it somewhere else, but you're coming to do a benefit for the school. Because that's the other thing I said is like, look, they were like, well, that's a lot of money to go out for the night. And I go, it's a benefit for the school. The only people who are going to come are people who are parents at the school. We're only trying to sell 150 tickets. If we get 75 people who couples it's sold out so let's try and raise as much money for the school as we can so they did and hopefully i haven't checked this week but we've we've got more than 100 tickets sold and we're doing we're doing all right so it's not a giant event but it's going to be a nice little fundraiser for them are there you do the math 40 times 100 you add two zeros after that 40 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so that's uh 
that's it's going to be a good night for them, and it's going to be a fun night for the comics, I think. And it's going to be where it's everybody's going to. It's a win, 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 win. A hundred something wins <laughs> when you add up all the people in the audience. And not to mention the babysitters are going to be profiting that night. Yeah, we'd like to get a little piece of that babysitter action for the school too, but I haven't figured out. Maybe we should say the babysitters. Look, do can you give us back half of your pay to benefit the school? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll tie it in. You can tie it all in. That's awesome. Uh, so you brought up the Midwestern values. You're from Iowa. Yeah, I was born in Iowa, but then uh, I spent a, most of my childhood in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Just down the river. Mm-hmm. How? Uh, what was the? Why'd the family move? Leave Iowa. My father was in college when I was born, and and so was my mother. And then they graduated, and uh, my dad got a job at the train company. They make heating and air conditioning, and they're oh train T R A I N train no, no T-R-A-N-E. T R A N E yes A N E that's yes, right that's right yeah that's right mm-hmm. my company's still around do you ever uh, do shows in lacrosse no I haven't been back to lacrosse for a long time my parents moved to North Carolina and my sister moved to Chicago so I ha- I don't really get back to lacrosse I've got a friend who's coming up for the show on Saturday up here from lacrosse who keeps saying I should go back and another friend who's like come back for the reunion or you know but I just um, I haven't been back if there it's a, it's a long <laughs> is way is there reunions there's high school are, are high there school reunions, reunions. Yeah. yes yes there are yes there are I went to my 10 year reunion and I feel like or maybe it was only the 5 I might have just gone to the 5 and that was enough that was enough I mean, it would be fun to go back, I suppose. I'm going to call out everyone that graduated with me, high school. This year would be 20 years for me. You know how many reunions we've had? No. Zero. Zero. Wow. No five, no 10, no 20. Well, you know, here's There's what, some school spirit right there. Well, here's what goes wrong. You know, when you're, when you're electing the, the, your class president and your class treasurer and your class vice president... And it turns into this big popularity contest, and people don't really realize, okay, those dumbasses who you elect for those positions when you're in high school and you're also a dumbass, those are the people who 20 years from now are supposed to plan the reunion, but they're not. You know why? Because they're busy hobnobbing with other investment bankers somewhere, (laughs) or they're hooked on crack in Chicago, and so they they can't plan the reunion. So maybe when you're a senior in high school... You need to think into the future a little bit and choose those officers more wisely. Like the best person to pick would be one of the less popular people because they want to really do a good job and connect with everybody. And and by the time 5, 10, 20 years passes, they will have bloomed into the person they really are. Yeah, supermodel rock star. Right. Instead and so they're going to be the first one that wants to show up and show off. Right. Instead of that captain of the football team that you elected president. That you, peaked when he was 16 yeah, and it's just been downhill since. And he's got a beer gut and he lives in a trailer park. Do you think he's excited about the reunion? <laughs> he is not. He's the one going, I'm not going to go. Not nah, fuck it. I'm not going to go. Let's talk about Letterman. 42? Is that, yeah, is that right? Is that accurate now? For 42 times. It's a lot of times. Most in one year? Did it, any idea? Three. I think I did three in one year, a couple of times. That was those. That, that was a long time ago. Yeah, and there's been one this year. Yeah, yeah. I'm on. I'm on the one a year plan now. One a year plan. I think that's the most. You know, he he has comics on once a year. The ones that he has on, a few he has on once a year. Some he has on less than that. Yeah, he, he doesn't have that many comics on in no. a year. Maybe there's a lot that aren't at all. Mm-hmm. How, how did, do you have any idea how that happened? <laughs> but I mean, yes, you know, I was involved in the process originally. <laughs> well, well, what happened? 
you know, you get on originally because you've got a well, back in those days, they they would send the guy from the shows in charge of booking comedians out to do a talent right scout search. You know, they used to have more comics on then. And so you would know who that person was if you were a comic who was working. Every every comic knows who, you know, Eddie Brill was in charge there for a little while recently, and now there's three new people who are doing that job. But they'll go out and look at comics in the club. So if you went to New York now, I don't think they go around the country looking as much as they used to. Uh, but if you went, if you were a comic and you were headlining and you felt like you were right for the show, you could get in touch with them and they come out and see you. And then if they see you have a good set, then they say they'll see you again and they watch you for a while. And then they say, okay, well, I think you would be great on the show and this is the material I think you should do. And then they book you. And if you go on and you do a good job, maybe you get to come on again. But not 42 times. No, I've done it a lot of... I've been no one does that. To do it a no lot one of but times. you, right? I mean, is there, there can't be anybody that's even close to that. I, I think I've done it more time, more times doing just stand-up than anybody else. Yeah. But, but, you know, there's people who have done it close to that many times. And there's people... There's certainly people who've done it more times just sitting down and paneling. And, I mean... Yeah, Mark Maron has been on... Um, Conan a lot of times mm-hmm. just yeah. going and sitting down and yeah. talking to him so so you know, it's a it's a thing but it's not like it's a I'm really proud of it and it's one of the the most important kind of associations to me personally in my career but I but I wouldn't go around and say, look what the reason you should come to the show is not because I did that it's because when you come and sit in this room it's a fun show yeah yeah, yeah. And just, you'll have a good time. And you just happen to may have seen you on Letterman, one of the four. Yeah, maybe you saw me on times. that. If that's important to you. <laughs> have you ever gone back and make sure you wear don't you don't wear the same clothes? Uh, I that used to be a little more of an issue with me in the beginning, and I feel like now my war now that it's once a year and my wardrobe budget is you know you just pick you just pick the outfit that you've gotten since the last time oh, okay. you were on that's that's the thing or or sometimes now I'll just say look I have to go get a new shirt for this and then I'm sure I haven't worn that shirt before I like excuses cuz I'm kind of cheap with buying clothes so I uh, I like when an excuse comes up like well I am going to need to buy a shirt for this event I have to buy a shirt yeah, yeah. exactly um but what's changed over there at Letterman over the years well, when I went on, it was over at NBC, where they now used to do Conan, and now they do the Jimmy Fallon show. Right, That's right, where right. he was at the beginning. Right. So he's gone from there to the Ed Sullivan Theater and to the earlier time slot. Other than that, though? And it's... When you show up, everything runs band the same? Gets, the band gets has gotten bigger and more awesome. And mm-hmm. I mean, it just seems like it's just gotten bigger and more fabulous over the years. Yeah. You know, when you when I go back and watch some of the video of the, the early appearances now, it's funny how the timing of comedy has changed. Like, everything has gotten more condensed and faster-paced and laughs per minute. And, you know, some of the jokes that I did at, in the early days were were a little bit weird, and now they seem kind of sweet. And oh, wow. they, they don't seem as—at the time, you know, I was—it uh, was hip. I was a hipster. But now when you go back and watch it, it kind of looks like, that guy's just a weird, he's a weirdo. <laughs> Dave liked it, apparently. He liked, no, well, you you only, li- you live in the time that you're in. And yeah, that's, yeah. That's, I'm operating in this time now. Who knows? I think I'm, I think I'm still a hipster now. But uh, wait till 15 years ago, and then you watch the 
video of you know my last special and you may think oh this doesn't hold up as much or it just seems it seems of the time we're always kind of going to be of the time you can't help that <laughs> you uh you're not wearing one now but is it true that you invented the soul patch well I, this is a soul patch but it's surrounded, surrounded. by a beard <laughs> i didn't really invent it but i did i was one of the early like i'm going uh-huh. with it i mean i got my ear pierced when i first moved to california in well, before I moved, and so I got my ear pierced in '81, and that was a time that was before professional athletes had their ears oh, pierced. Oh, for sure. And people didn't really. It wasn't like everybody had a tattoo. You probably got accused stuff. of being gay because you had an ear. Oh in yeah. 81. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, San Francisco is the type of place where people want to just take a shot. You know, there's like I was young and fairly. I was young. Yeah. I looked like a young boy. Yeah. With a pierced <laughs> ear, and so. There was a lot of, no, that's, I'm not, you know, I appreciate, thank you, I'm flattered, but I'm not interested. Just like jewelry. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And then, and I got my ear pierced with another friend of mine who then came out of the closet. Oh. And so we didn't know which ear was the ear that you're supposed to get pierced if you were not gay. Right. But we both got the same ear pierced, and it turns out. The right ear was the wrong ear, but that's the ear that I got. We got. We each got our right ears pierced. Oh no! Because we didn't know. We thought, that, and and I think even he at that time was. We were trying to get the ear that you get pierced if you're a straight guy pierced. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it didn't really. You know, it was just like, come on, really? Do I have to have sex with a man now because I got the wrong ear pierced? It, it, so you can confirm it didn't change your brain chemistry or anything. Having it in your right versus no, it left. Didn't. No, it didn't. Okay, good. Halloween's coming up. Yeah, got yeah. big plans. Do you go out with the kid? Yeah, well, how old is she now? Does she still go nine, out? Nine, so it's still trick or treat time. Yeah. She's excited to dress up. Will you be in town? I mean, the best, the best years. Well, some great years are those three, four, three, four, five. Yeah, my kids are five and seven. So yeah, they just yeah. love it. I mean, uh-huh. the, the idea that it's, it's just. I remember when my daughter realized, like, are you kidding me? We go out with a bag, and they fill it up with candy. Yeah, are you? You've got to be kidding me. It's like the greatest holiday when you've got a little kid. I mean, now it's been sort of co-opted by grown-ups. And, I mean, the gay guys are kind of the Marines, the the, the gentrification squad of neighbor, you know, when, urban renewal and also Halloween. They were just like, hey, Halloween could be for grown-ups. We're going to all dress up. Yeah. and Let's uh, all play dress up. So you kind of forget that uh, how awesome it is for kids, you yeah. know, because there's so many grown-ups now doing Halloween. But uh, little kids, oh, God, they just love it. It's so much fun to take them out trick-or-treating. So, yeah, we're going to go. She's going to be uh, – she's into Twilight. So mm-hmm. she's, she's into sparkly vampires. I kind of feel like those are bullshit. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say that to her. And yeah. she's not allowed to listen to podcasts. <laughs> so I can, I can speak frankly with you. Sure. Sparkly vampires, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> are we allowed to curse? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sparkly um, vampire. What was last year? Do you remember? Oh. oh, this is bad. No, I know. Hey, like I know how they all. Blend Last together. year, I think it might have been a Harry Potter thing. I think we had two Harry Potter years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go to this neighbor, you know, in Los Angeles or Santa Monica, which is Los Angeles. There's there was a haunted house that this guy did. It's he's a set designer who makes like prop motorized prop things. So you go to his house and it's got soundtracks and robot. You know, animated things that pneumatic like monsters jump out of the bush. Yeah, yeah. It's so loud and scary. I'm a grown man. 
my daughter was like, forget it. I'm not going in right, there. Right, right. Nope. My wife said, do you want to go in there? And I was like, no, I don't want to go in there. I don't want to get... I don't want to go in there and have a big mechanical thing jump out. But it's like something that you would see at, you know, Universal sure. Studio Tours yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, so there, there's some good there's some good grown-up Halloween stuff going on also. When's the last time you dressed up? Do you remember? Well, I was Professor Snape a couple years ago because I got the nod. And this year I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm usually supposed to be something. My daughter kind of assigns us all. Your wife, too? Did yeah. When you yeah, were Snape, yeah. she was She was Professor McGonagall. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. And this and last year I think I wore I had bought some overall. I did a comedy uh festival in Nebraska and I bought some bib overalls cuz I hadn't had any since I was in high school. I yeah, I, and, it's been about that long for me. And so I I just wore some bib overalls and a flannel shirt last year and I've, you know, uh, you know, straw hat farm or something. Equipment hat. Okay. No, no, oh, John Deere, maybe. It wasn't John Deere. It was some other kind of tractor thing. But uh, this year, I'm back assigned. I was not assigned a suit, a costume last year. But this okay. year, I have to be um, Doctor Cullen or the Father Cullen, the guy who's in the Twilight oh, books. You know, there's the two young people who fall in love, and then the guy who pretends to be his dad, who's a vampire. And he's got white hair or blondy white hair, but I don't. I'm not going to dye my hair. Wig. I might have to slick it back. I'm not going to buy a wig. No, I don't have time for that. <laughs> so I'm looking to figure. I got to figure out a way to do my hair for this thing. And I, my daughter says I don't have to shave my beard. Well, that's nice of her. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah. I don't have any plans this year. I do love Halloween though. What do you mean you don't have any plans? You got a kid. Well, besides that, you You're know, going I'm, trick or I'm thinking adult, uh, you know, festivities. What are you What are you talking about? You go trick or treating with your kid. You come home. She splits up the candy. She's out of her mind. It takes you about an hour to put her to bed because she's sugar jacked. And then and then you just then you pick go to through bed. what I want. Yeah. Then you go to you don't get to if you. You're not allowed to pick through your kids' candy. That's their candy. My daughter does an inventory. She sorts oh. it all out and puts it together. So I've got five of these and four of these and six of those. <laughs> do you know the ones she doesn't like? So you go for those first? Well, we kind of sort out some. Then, do you have you heard about the Switch Witch? No. Well, oh wait, is this where you bring it to the dentist and they give you a, a no, toothbrush no, no, or something? No. It's like you you take the candy that that you don't want or that you say to your kid like here i think these ones we're not going to have these ones we're not going to have these you know gummy things or the things that are too sugary that you just don't want your kid to have or or that your kid doesn't like and you put those in a little bag and you leave them outside your house and then the next morning the switch which will have come taken the candy and given you a little toy in return oh boy she switched the candy for the for the toy and then that way everybody's a winner you know your kid got something you got to take the candy away from your kid that you didn't want them to have and uh i like it and the switch which got some candy i like it i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep that in mind i saw on your website to switch to something else here you're recording a uh, special i'm gonna do another comedy special the last one is called i love you and it's on uh you can watch it on netflix or you can buy it at my web, my website and i'm gonna do a new one in december in cleveland at Hilarities, which is another awesome club with a higher ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> How many specials will this be? This will be the third one-hour special. I've also done two half-hour specials, for one for HBO and one for Comedy Central. 
pretty much got them all covered. So this one is going to be where will people see this one when it's done? You going to hold on to it yourself and? Um, well, I'm gonna. I'll I'll own it. I'm producing it myself. Okay. That's the way everybody does it now. Is yeah, you produce it yourself. Uh huh. Um, we're trying to find out if I think Showtime may be interested again, and then I'll be selling it. You know, digital download. That's a thing that people are doing nowadays. And I'll also probably do a DVD because people like. There's some people who still like to have a piece of plastic. Yeah, I know. I you know, do. People do like the DVD, mm-hmm. and so and that's a thing that you can bring to the show. Yeah, physical copy. Are you selling anything these days at shows? Yeah, I've got the DVD. I've got a couple of CDs from back in the day, so people get those. I have a, a couple T-shirts. You know, I have a few little souvenir things. It's gotten to be now where it's not that I need the money for that stuff, but it's just funny because it's. E- I know I know the guy who makes the T-shirt, so if I have an idea, I can say just can you knock out a few of these shirts and I'll take them with me? And so sometimes it's funny that I even have a shirt that says that. Really? Yeah. And, and yeah, and people buy them and enough, enough that it's, it's funny that I have the shirt and then enough people buy them. And then it, I just gives, I get a kick out of it. Well, damn, the Jake fans must love that. Yeah. Yeah. We have a good time. Yeah. Me and those people. <laughs> I hope that some people who are listening will come out to the show. It is a fun time. This is the thing. This is my pitch to you. If you're listening to this, you already know. But comedy is the most um, underappreciated and so therefore best bargain out there for live entertainment. You know, you're trying to see the most accomplished performers in the smallest possible venue. Like, wouldn't it be great to see the Rolling Stones in a in a you know, even a 1,500-seat mm-hmm. theater, it would mm-hmm. be unbelievable. Yeah. Now, you come out to Acme, you can see comics. I've been on Letterman 42 times, but there's regularly comics who've been here. They've done hour specials. They've been on Letterman. Dave oh, yeah. Gould, who was here last week, was a writer for The Simpsons. Yeah. You're getting to see them in this small room. It's really a great time, and it's a fun night. People watch it on TV, and they think, oh, I really like this, but I don't need to go because I watched it on TV. But it's a whole different experience to be in the room and have that show happen to you personally than it is to watch it on TV. Yeah, for people that aren't, yeah, and I mean, really, if you're seeing a show, you know, on television, that's you could do that same material here tonight that you did on your last special, but it's going to be slightly different. There's the crowd reaction. There's probably going to be, I'm sure there's an edit or two in the, uh, in the DVD well, is, release. But I'm more talking about just the different experience. When you watch a comedy sh- special on TV, you're, you're sort of watching another audience watch the show. It feels like you're watching it, but really the comedian is not feeding off of anything that you're doing. But mm-hmm. if you're in the room, you're laughing, he's reacting, and it's a personal connection that you have. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. It's uh, here's how I describe it. It's like the difference between watching porn or having sex with a person. <laughs> you know, when you're watching a comedy special, it's like you're you're sort of like watching porn. You enjoy yourself. You maybe to the <laughs> maximum completion. Mm-hmm. But when you're actually in the club and you're one of the people who's involved in that relationship, it just is. It's another level. And I know that sounds. Both completely pornographic and dirty and naughty, and also absurd. But if you if come to a show and sit up, sit up. Not you don't have to sit in the front, but come to a show and and be in a crowd and get involved in the show and see if you don't see if you don't agree with me. It's very different than watching it on TV. Damn right. Are there any clubs you you don't have to name any? But are there other clubs you refuse to go back to because of bad experiences? Mm. Well, or cities, and you don't have to. 
there's places. Do you have an example without saying that's fine? There's places that you go sometimes where it's just not as pleasant as other places, and so you know you're you're kind. It's like a bait. You you. I look at my schedule for the year as like a baseball team. You know, I'm trying to put the best team on the field. I've got twenty. 20 to 24 weeks of work. I only like to work two weekends a month on the road because I need to be, I have a family. Mm -hmm. And so I got 20, let's say it's 22 spots a year that I want to fill. And so I always want to come to Acme because it's an all-star. It's an all-star. You know, you've got, you've got your Acme's, you've got your comedy works in Denver, you've got your punchline in San Francisco, the DC improv. Those are all-star players in your comedy team. Right. And so you want to book those. And then, as you get down to your 2022 spots, you've got some, I'll try that this year and I'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll go back next year. Or maybe it's going to be two, three years since the next time I go. And so the, there are definitely there are definitely the clubs that are down there that you do them every few years. Or maybe, oh, I did that. I'm not going to go back to, you know. I mean, I had a good time in Chattanooga, but it wasn't the best match of me and the audience. I think as you get more successful and you can go to a place like Chattanooga, which is very different than Minneapolis and attract the people who are interested in you. Like you have enough fan awareness that they show up for the show. That could be a great, that same club could be a whole different, awesome experience. If you pull the people out to the club who are into you, who live in that place. So, you know, is there, a, is there a club in Iowa that you work? I had worked to, in, at the club in Des Moines for a while, and then she didn't want to make the same deal that I made in, that I worked for the last time I was there. Oh. The guy who owned the place passed away, mm. Paul, and he was just a sweet guy. Yeah. And his wife is running it now, and we just couldn't come to the right deal to to go back. But I, I, I really enjoy Des Moines, and I would love a chance to go. I did a festival there. Uh, I think two years ago, and I yeah, I saw that. Uh, was that good? The Des Moines Comedy Festival. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Just one time. Yeah. Well, those festivals, you know, they like to. This year we've got this lineup, and next year it's going to be all different lineup in the next year. Oh, I see. You were invited yeah. to just participate. They do it every year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought I t- I took it as like this was something you created in no, Iowa. No, I didn't create. <laughs> well, that would change. Yeah. Well, now I see why you're only there no, once. I'm, I've got a, I'm doing my comedy special that is going to be recording this December. I'm <laughs> doing my show, my live shows. I've got a podcast, but I don't have a festival. I have not created my own festival yet. How about like a cartoon? Are you doing your own cartoon movie? I, uh, I don't know how to draw. So, and because of my control freak thing is I'll, I would do a cartoon if I could have a little bit more. I need to have some input into it. And I don't know how to, I don't, I'm not, I need to hook up with some animators. That's about, what I need to have happen. That's the only thing that's standing in the way <laughs> of me having my own cartoon <laughs> is I need to hook up with some animators. Comic book. I think a good way to start off would be a comic book. So if you're into comic book, if you're a comic book, if you know how to make me into a comic book, then let's, uh, let's talk. Please email me at my email address, <laughs> jake at jakethis.com. And it's the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast. I can't believe I haven't said that sooner. You'll put that into the beginning thing, right? We'll put that right at the beginning. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows Jake We don't this. have time to do all of that. This thing has got to be put on the internet in a half hour. That's right. We've got, there's got to be, like I said, there's that 1% chance someone's going to listen to this. We've got to get it out there. I like to think there's a 3% chance of that, which is three times the, it, that's, <laughs> we're tripling the chance that someone's going to show up. 
by saying three three percent, but I think there is. A, I think realistically, there is a three percent chance. I'm going to hand you a sheet of paper. Okay. You can read these questions out loud. We're not. We, I'm sure we, we don't do not have time. There's tons of them here. And read them gonna, out loud, and you can answer you whether you would like or not. These are you. You're asking yourself these questions. Okay, what is one TV show or movie that you actually felt dumber for having watched? I'm not a person who keeps watching things. I mean... I heard on your podcast you'd never heard of uh, Duck Dynasty. So it sounds like I you hadn't. Don't, it I sounds hadn't, like you, you don't know, watch a ton of television, which isn't a bad thing. I don't watch a ton of television, but you know, once Nigel had told me what Duck Dynasty was, I realized that that was the second time it had been explained to me. Oh, and I had, I, I I had not bothered to even remember. Yeah, it, it does show that maybe you don't shop a lot out in stores because every store of anything you would ever want to buy in the year 2013 has some sort of product with Duck Dynasty on it. Really? Yeah. Well, I got to get out to. Maybe I'm going to go to a store after this because I did think that I wanted to get a duck call after <laughs> Nigel described to me the duck dynasty. That's the only thing you can't find. You just there's you know products with their faces on it. Yes, but the thing that they actually produce. And then there's those shows that you watch that you don't even know why you watch them, like the fat guy eating hamburgers shows. Man versus food. The, well, there's just, no, there's like, they, but there's not just one. No, there's, there's like uh, no. three or five right, of right. them. Like guy, yeah. guy Fieri, mm-hmm. who's a guy with a b- blonde hair and the earring. It's like, hey, he's gonna go eat a sloppy Joe. Hmm. I, I, why am I watching that? But you can't. I can't help myself. I get sucked in sometimes. Yeah, that's why I don't like to turn the TV on in the hotel room. If you could go back in time and tell your ten year old self anything, what would it be? Well, I think the common thing that you want to tell that person is it's going to get better, you know. Mm-hmm. It's going to just hang in there. Mm-hmm. Your life gets better. And uh I mean, I I followed my happiness. I I feel like you want to go you want to go do things that you think are going to make you happy. Don't listen to the people who tell you that you can't do something if if you have a dream, you need to go out and try and do that. Don't listen to people who tell you that you can't do something. Go out and try and do something and find out for yourself whether or not you can do it. Yeah. But it's also BS when people says, follow your dreams, anything, well, not. Well, Sorry, not everything, anything can happen. You can experience disappointment. You can get your feelings hurt. You can find out that, oh, that thing that you wanted to do, you really can't maybe sing well enough to be in a rock band. But maybe if you try that, you're going to realize, oh, I could be a sound engineer or I mm-hmm. could I could play some other instrument and I could do some other thing. As long if you're heading towards something that you think is going to make you happy, you may not wind up where you thought you were going, but you wind up somewhere where you're happy mm-hmm. if you keep trying to go in that direction. And not to get too deep, but also like is being a parent looking at the kids like uh you want to protect uh, of like you know from failure disappointment but then like you just said you can learn things about yourself learn things about others maybe well, get something new interest i feel like as adults we've got a different idea of what failure is than than with children i mean sometimes our daughter wanted to sing this song at the talent show last year she wanted to sing skyfall oh the adele yeah wow and we were worried that she wouldn't be able to do it or that it would be embarrassing to her. Oh, wow. But she was like, no, I want to do it. And so she watched the videos and we got a karaoke track of it without the singing on it. Yeah. And she practiced and she did it. And it was pretty good. And I was really proud of her. I mean, eventually it was like her mother and I just had to get out of her way because wow. she was going to do it. And it was 
really awesome. And I think a lot of the other parents and some of the kids were, were like, holy cow, she w- went for it. That's awesome. She went for it. And, uh, and so I kind of feel like you, you might watch that and think, oh, it wasn't, I mean, she's no, she's not Adele, but she's only <laughs> eight years old. Yeah, yeah. So our idea of what failing is, is not something that's the same as what kids' idea of what failing is. And so you kind of let them live on their terms yeah. and when and let everybody live on their own terms. It's like, look, it's not so terrible if it doesn't go the way that you expected. You just go out and you try it. And then if, if it didn't go how you wanted it to go, you can try a different thing next time. You know, I wouldn't, it's not the end of the world. Mm-mm. Anyway. No, sir. <laughs> I can't believe there's an orgasm question on here, but I'm not going to ask that one. I'll read it just so people don't feel like, how come you didn't even read that? What's the weirdest thing you or anyone has said before, during, before, during an orgasm? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of it, but I can't say it. You I'm can't. not going to say that because it was my wife that said it. <laughs> um, what movie do you consider a masterpiece? Well, masterpiece is such a freaking get over yourself word right but uh, i have always loved blade runner and i think i could still watch it again and love it interesting later today blade just, runner well there's just something he's a tough guy and there's robots and the store the way the story unfolds and then he's in love and sean young is unbelievably beautiful yes and also what's her name daryl hannah's mm, jumping around with that crazy makeup that's right I mean, what's your best dick joke? Uh, I can't really. I, I don't. Mm, I can't. I don't know about that one. Yeah. Maybe something will come to me. There's got to be some dirty joke that I can remember. If you had to spend the rest of your life with the first person you had sex with, what do you think your life would look like now? You know, the weird thing is, I am still in touch with that person, and uh, I saw her uh, a little while ago. Uh-huh. And uh, she's very nice. I, I don't know what my life would be like, but... Uh, What's her life like? Did you get a glimpse? Uh, her life her life is okay. Turned out well? Her life is okay. okay. Yeah, it's not... It's I I mean, it's different. I I felt like at that point in my life, I was, I was in love with her. And I would have signed that deal in a second. I don't know if I would still be under that contract now. Right. I think one of us would have ended up releasing the other person. I mean, she released me before I even got to show her the contract. So <laughs> um, I think that that just tells you right there, look, I was ready. I wanted to sign that deal. Yeah. I had that yeah. I had that uh, offer on the table, and it was a no-go. Put so, me in, coach. Yep. So it, the fact that she was wise enough to say no at the time probably indicates that uh, we would have eventually wound up there probably. if she had gone for it. What's a phrase that you never want to hear? You know, it's it's one of those, like, you can't do that. that you can't do this or you mm-hmm. can't do that. I mean, my wife would tell me, well, everybody else says this or everybody else does that or everybody thinks that you're, you can't, that won't work. And I feel like, look, I got the off the bus of what everybody else says a long time ago. Yeah. You know? I decided to drop out of college and become a stand-up comedian. It all worked out for me. And I like to think that, I mean, I didn't wind up exactly where I thought I was going to be because I I thought I was going to be Robin Williams and have a giant hit TV show and then a giant movie career. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten to do those things, but that hasn't been what I've done. I've been a, a performing live performance comedian. 
I mean, that's what my career is about, is about live performance. And I really love that. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly what I would thought would have thought at the beginning. But I decided that I was going to drop out of college and be a comedian. And so the and and people wanted to tell me that you can't do that. Nobody, they didn't even know what it was. And so my least favorite thing to hear is some kind of everybody says this or everybody thinks that you can't that. And it's just like, look, I know what I don't tell. Either you're helping me or you're in my way. Yeah, yeah. And so one of those, those are your two choices. But if you're in, your, in my way, then you need to step aside. Step aside. Because I'm going through here. Um What's the one thing you inexplicably always do wrong, no matter how often you try? <sighs> I I think the mistake that I do make a lot, which is also the thing that I can't help but doing, is I like to do stuff myself. You know, I produced my two CDs and my last comedy special myself, and I'm producing the next one myself. And I always kind of choose to... Obviously, it's not by myself because I got had a partner who directed and produced the right, first right. one, and I've got a partner who's going to produce and and co-direct this next one. Um, but I feel like a thing that I don't do is partner up with people to 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 make it better because I'm always worried that when I partner up with someone, they're going to take away my control and make it worse because I've had that experience in the past too. So my 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 mistake that I'm trying not to do is to is to collaborate. I need to collaborate more with people. I am going to throw in a question right now. How are you being a passenger in a vehicle? I'm okay. I'm a passenger in a vehicle a lot because um, going to club uh, clubs to radio when you're on the and road, stuff like that. Someone else is always driving you around. And now when I'm at home, my I usually my wife likes to drive. She's I married someone who is also a control person, and she likes to drive. And uh, so she drives. I'm pretty good. I do have to constantly remind myself, which I think is a good advice to passengers, is the drivers to drive. I've said that to her when she wants to interject with me about you should go this way or you should go that way mm-hmm. or you should go, why are you doing this? I just say, look, if you'd like to drive, I would be happy to get out. But if I'm driving, you know, I only want you to insert if you feel like <laughs> there's some you're really helping. Right. You know. So I'm okay. Yeah, okay. Which should be on everyone's bucket list. Uh, I think it's got to be some travel thing. I really think you need to go... I'm assuming that everybody listening is... is uh, or most people listening are American citizens. And I really think you need to get a passport. Go outside the country. There's a lot of great places that you can go visit. And I, th- I think America is a really terrific country. But I think that you can understand... That even if that does your mind doesn't change about that, you can understand that better just by going somewhere else and seeing. Look, oh, this is how they run things here. It doesn't always have to be the way things mm-hmm. are in the U.S. So, I think that's it. That's I'm still waiting for advice. my turn to be the traveler. Really? Yeah. I mean, I you know I've been to Mexico, but that's like you know party fiesta. Other than that. I've never been, like the state you live in, I've never been to. Well, Mexico is a little bit, uh, there's also dangerous. If you go to Mexico and you just go to a resort and you're inside that little cocoon the whole time, that's one thing. But if you go into the town where the people who live there are, you can experience mm-hmm. a little more if you're in a foreign, I mean, Mexico is, it's a foreign country. That is a different place. My wife is from New Zealand. Oh. So that's New Zealand, Ireland. I mean, those are places that you can go and you'll just have 
the people are sweet. They generally like Americans. The food is all right. And uh, you'll have a great time. It won't be scary, but you'll be in another country. Those yeah. are great. Look, Canada. Go to Canada. Mm. Just just go up there. It's different enough that you feel like you're in another place. Canada feels like visiting a little bit of an alternate universe of the U.S. Mm-hmm. There were some people who drove down from Winnipeg at the show last night. Holy cow. Um, yeah, I know. I was so flattered. Um, Canadians. Go figure. Uh, most expensive thing you accidentally destroyed, riding lawnmower. Oh, really? Yeah. How- <laughs> My father, I was in charge of mowing the lawn when I was a kid, teenager. Yeah. And uh, he didn't tell me that you have to check the oil. And so I drove it oh, till it was dry it. and it just locked it up. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, if you no. If you want to see something, some physical comedy... Watch a 300-pound, 6'4 man try and pull start a lawnmower that is locked up. <laughs> I mean, the, you can't pull it, right? Because the engine is fused together. But uh-huh. he, would, he was standing on the side trying to pull that thing, and the mower is rocking up on two wheels And before he figured out like, what I You didn't try I'd to done. stop him. I didn't know what had happened. Okay. I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know. I mean, he said, look, this is, I, it's my fault. He said, look, it's my fault because I never told you that you had to check the oil. My dad can be super awesome. What an understanding guy. Wow. He is not. No. He is not that guy. <laughs> but he has had moments in my life. My father has had moments of greatness, and that was one of them. I guess. Yeah. Wow. Have you ever been robbed? And if so, what was the outcome? Um, not not uh, robbed like a, like a face-to-face robbery. No. I've been – I've had stuff st- – I had a calculator stolen out of my locker when I was in high school – Back when they were $100. Yeah, that was expensive. And the way I found out that that's... I didn't know what happened to it. I thought it fell out of my backpack or something. Mm -hmm. And then I bought a new one and I put it in there. And then when I came back to get it, it was gone. And I was like, oh, I see. That's how I lost the first one and this one, is somebody has the combination to my locker. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a song that I never get tired of. Go... um, at last, Etta James. At last, oh yeah. Um, Beyonce does a pretty awesome version of At Last too, but Etta James, At Last, forget about it. Nice, that's a good choice. What's a skill everyone should have after finishing college and becoming adults? Well, you can't go wrong with waiting tables and bartending. <laughs> you really can't. Yeah. Did you have your shot at each of those jobs? Yeah, those are the most. Those were the the skills. Besides stand-up comedy, that's I've earned my, the most money waiting tables and bartending in my life. That's those those are just awesome things to learn while you're in college. I'm not saying I'm not devaluing the value of a college, college education, but if you know how to wait tables and bartend, you'll be able to get yourself out of a jam. I mean, until you're whatever else you're doing takes off. Because the other thing is. When you do those jobs, and let's face it, I'm in a job now where I associate with a lot of waiters and bartenders. You mm-hmm. know, that's you work in a nightclub. Those are the other yeah, of course. co-workers. Kind yeah, of. yeah. And a lot of them are really creative people who've got um, dreams. And as a person who is creative and has a dream, you want to be around other people who have that. Yeah. And if you're working in an office or something like that, you can start to feel like a weirdo or a freak. And... Uh, <laughs> You need to come be with the other weirdos and freaks so you can feel normal. Yeah, I've been there, and I uh, they're good. Most people really good, really good people that do those type of jobs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Jake, I've, I've taken up enough of your time. I really enjoyed it. And so um, I hope people who are listening will come down to Acme this weekend to mm-hmm. see the show. If you're listening after that, I hope you'll come next time. If you want to see where I am, you can go to jakethis.com. I've got a, uh, an email list, which if you sign up, I only email you when I'm coming to your state or when I'm about to have a TV appearance, so I won't clog your email if you want to sign up for that. I'm on Facebook uh, as Jake Johansson. I'm on Twitter at jakethis.com, and my podcast is Jake This of Jake Johansson. And it's free? Subscribe to it's it? It's free. This one's free, too. They're That's all best free. Well, yeah, not all podcasts are free. I was thinking about, uh, I think what I'm going to do is get an app that you won't have to pay for the app, but but I was talking to this guy at Libsyn. Now we're getting inside baseball. Anyway, he said you should get an app because then people who don't understand podcasts might understand apps, and then you're inside. They're inside your app, and they can listen to your podcast in your app. So I'm thinking about getting an app. Everybody, <laughs> I've got I've got been on Letterman forty two times. I've done specials on HBO and Comedy Central and Showtime, and I'm about to get my own app. Just realize, Jake, you may have to get some help with that. You know, you might not be able to develop that yourself. My understanding is that I can sign up for it, and my credit card will be charged, and I can almost do it myself. Jesus, I may need a little graphic design help, but all right, fair enough. I can tell you how to do some things I, if you want. Apparently, thank you, thank Jake. You. This is fun. It was fun. All right, see you next time. Let's go eat. <laughs> That's a great idea.